Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Kristen Stoneking, the senior pastor here. And I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor. Our mission here is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Maybe give me insight between black and white. And the best thing you ever done for me was to help me take my life less seriously. It's only life after all. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 11 verses 32 through 35 and 39 through 44. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him, and let him go.
Well, good morning. I miss seeing you, but I'm grateful that we can all worship this way and that there are persons from around the country and around the globe even who, because we are doing worship virtually, are now able to join us on Sunday morning all at the same time. We really are all in this together. As some of you know, we have a high school senior in our household, and as I've watched him process this crisis, I've been thinking about the huge sense of loss and sadness that he and others set to graduate this year are dealing with. Not only are these persons losing the opportunity to let loose a little bit in these last three months of school, they're facing the loss of important rites of passage like walking across the stage and receiving a diploma, followed by that epic celebration. Of course, graduation itself, as much as it is a celebration, is also a kind of loss. I remember when I was a campus minister, each spring I would gather weekly with my seniors to prepare for this transition of letting go and saying goodbye. We would sit in my office as the sun went down and talk about what they were feeling and how to process it. These were some of the holiest moments of the year. Inevitably, though, someone would share a story of an incredible drama with a friend or a significant other, sometimes even with a professor. Drama, I would share with them, can sometimes be used or even manufactured as a way not to have to feel the feelings that we are facing. It diverts our attention and energy just enough so that we avoid the feelings of loss and sadness and grief. Well, we've got some drama going on in our scripture today. Our scripture lesson today from the Gospel of John opens with Mary, Lazarus's sister, blaming Jesus for her brother's death. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, she says. Blame is a form of drama. It diverts. It happens when something hasn't gone like we thought it was going to go. So instead of dealing with the loss, the sadness, and a world turned upside down, it's so much easier to go to blame. In the piece of the Gospel of, uh, from John, just before what we read today, Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, had sent a message to where Jesus was and told him that their brother was near death. Lord, the one who you love is ill, the message says. They expected him to drop everything he was doing and hurry the day's journey back to where Lazarus was to help him, to save him. But Jesus didn't do that. The scripture tells us that he finished what he was doing, which took two days. And two days later, when he told the disciples it was time to go to Bethany where Lazarus was, they were saying things that indicated they thought it was a rescue mission. But Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So why did Jesus delay two days before they left for Bethany? This delay is what Mary and Martha both used to lay blame on Jesus. But in our scripture for today, you heard that when they got back to Bethany, 
They are told that Lazarus has been dead four days. Scholars believe it is likely that Lazarus died just after the message was sent to Jesus and was dead by the time the message reached Jesus. It's a day's journey between Bethany and where Jesus is to believe to have been at the time, in a land called Perea, just beyond the Jordan River. One day's journey out, two days of delay, one day back, four days. When they near Bethany, we have one of the most significant scenes in all of Scripture. Martha hears Jesus is near and rushes to the edge of town to meet him. And she opens with blame. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But in this exchange, Jesus calls her out of this drama, this diversion, and pulls her into the bigger picture. Yes, Lazarus has died, but there is a way through it. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Shortly after that, Mary joins them. And this is where our scripture for today picks up. Mary goes to the edge of town to see Jesus. Many of the others mourning Lazarus come with her. And Mary, too, opens with blame, but then moves to tears. The others mourning Lazarus are also weeping. And the scripture tells us, in the shortest verse in all of the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus refuses to get caught up in the drama of blame and recrimination. He refuses to pretend that things are other than what they are. Lazarus's death is hard and sad. This wasn't how any of them thought it was going to go. Lazarus was a young man with a vibrant life, a close family, a wide circle of friends. This wasn't how his story was supposed to go. Many of us are thinking the same thing right now. This wasn't how this was supposed to go. March doesn't look like this. School's canceled, huddled in our homes with not even March Madness to watch on TV. Friends, loved ones, church, distant. Medical professionals and essential workers facing off every day against the fear of an invisible adversary. And for some, there is real illness and even death. This wasn't how it was supposed to go. But in his simple response of refusing to accept blame or look away, Jesus calls us back to life. In his tears, we feel our tears. In his love for Mary, for Martha, for Lazarus, we feel his love for us. In this love is the strength to go through what we are facing. What we know from the world's religious traditions and our own Christian faith is that there is no way around grief, only a way through it. And after they had spent time in the sadness of their grief, laying aside the drama of denial and blame, Jesus and Mary and Martha went to the tomb. 
There in front of the tomb where Lazarus had been for four days, Jesus commands the stone be taken away. And the scripture tells us that he says, Lazarus, come out. The scripture doesn't tell us how he says it. The text we read today has an exclamation point, but that's a later edition, a convention of the way we write in English. My guess is that his voice was gentle, concerned, loving. It's hard to come back from the dead. It's hard to live again. And out Lazarus comes. We see him blinking in the light, the cloths used to wrap the dead hanging off of him. And Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. With God's help, we will get through this. What we learn from this story is that when we move through an experience of loss, even when we begin with blame and questioning of God, God doesn't move away from us. God can take it. When we weep, God weeps with us. And when we stay with God, God shows us a way through our grief into life. The words of Jesus about Lazarus are the words of Jesus for us too. Unbind him and let him go. What we are learning by going through this time is that we have been very bound up in some death-dealing ways of being for a very long time. We have been bound by busyness. We have been bound by not recognizing the beauty and love that is right around us. We have been bound by a system that is not capable of taking care of everyone, even in the best of times. We have been bound by a sense of helplessness at the state of our climate. And what we see now is that we can slow down. We notice the beauty of the purple bloom and the green gold grass. We know now that if we have the will to change our health care and financial systems, we can do that. And we have been reminded what we already know, that God is with us in whatever we go through, in our blame and in our weeping, in our joy and in our grief, in our death and in our life. As we go through our days and our nights, our grieving and our weeping, may we hear Jesus' voice unbind him and let him go, and know that God is with us in all that we go through, all that we endure, and all that we hope as we move more fully into life and life everlasting. Thanks be to God. Amen. listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Brian Adkins, Associate Pastor here. We'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins Street at the corner of Napa and Hopkins. And I'm Senior Pastor Kristen Stoneking. If you connect to our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. 
We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley.